0: And this I'm going to quote this is Peter's eye hand. I don't know if you've, you've come across his work, but he does a lot of studies in demographics and he has a recent book out that's a really interesting read. It's a lot, lot to do with what's going on with demographics and the change in the economy and the reshoring manufacturing. But, but he said that the Gen Z, if you think about it, is, is, is whereas uh, uh, the millennials were like, like Harry Potter, right? We were collaborative. We would, we are we were flying high around with our brooms and with our buddies solving problems and, 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 and doing cool stuff the, the gen z is, is more like the hunger games it's a it's a sur, it's a survival type scenario where you you want the best for yourself and, and you're, you're, you're not willing to collaborate with others to get that end result. Uh, and-
1: hey what's everyone welcome back to the same mentors podcast my name is matt graves my coach each, each week is kyle Grandell. what's up kyle
2: hey matt i'm doing all right today it's been quite a week man how about you
1: it's good, man. You got a jacket on. It must be colder up north.
2: You know what? I'm really actually kind of embarrassed to admit this. It's about 70 degrees out, and I'm wearing a freaking <laughs> jacket. I, I use, I'm I from Minnesota, but I must have lost it. We're down in we're down the
1: 90s here today, and we've got a job trailer still blowing like it's 105, so it's a little chilly. But anyway, I won't wear a jacket. No, I'll be okay. No, no. <laughs> anyway, this week's guest is Evan Oates. What's going on, Evan?
0: Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. We uh, Speaking about temperature, we finally broke the record 100-day heat here, so uh, we won't be busting out our jackets for probably another six months, and you really don't even need them. So, you know, we don't need them in Phoenix.
1: But, yeah, I was going to say, you're in Phoenix, aren't you?
0: <laughs> we have uh, summer and su- second summer, we call it.
1: <laughs> you get that desert cold, don't you, in the wintertime?
0: It, it does. We'll have, we'll have some nice 40s. I don't know, you know. People get all bundled up and worried, but. Nothing,
1: man. Well, I was out in California out by LA or just what east of LA, kind of out there in the desert one time, and it was 100 degrees during the day. And at nighttime, it got cold, but anyway, I'm kind of soft when it comes to that. It was probably
2: (laughs) hold on, really quick before I leave the weather thing, which one of you had the hotter temperatures this year?
1: I don't know, it's probably about a tie. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't, what did we, we hit a record this year? I know as 60 days over 100 or something like that
1: houston hit i think they broke it twice they broke the hottest temperature in recorded history not like hottest day on the day but it was the hottest or hottest recorded temperature in houston for a day and in, in recorded history which I, like 100 years 120 years we've been recording so anyway it was fun miserable awful with
0: 100 with percent humidity i'm sure
1: it was like, yeah, ninety percent humidity, hottest day ever. No rain though, and it was just, yeah, fun. Jeez, it was brutal, man. We actually had a we had a storm roll in on Labor Day, and I was outside tender some my dead grass, and it started raining, and I just like stood in the rain for like five or seven minutes, and like, it's better to be wet from the rain than the sweat. So yeah, I just stood there and enjoyed it. <laughs> but. Anyway, Evan, uh, for everybody who doesn't know you, other than being an amateur meteorologist, uh, you can give a little bit of background yourself.
0: Sure, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the, I think the easiest job in the world should be a meteorologist here in <laughs> Phoenix, right? But uh, San Diego no. is probably first, <laughs> and then maybe Phoenix. <laughs> so uh, probably most, most, much like you guys and most of the audience, I came up in a you know project engineer position after uh, <laughs> going to school for construction management. And uh, I've been doing that, that role and that rodeo for about 20 years, from project engineer to project manager and now uh, vice president of uh, what I like to call a, a three-year-old startup going on our eighth year uh, here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, our specialty is, uh, is, is in the multifamily world. Um, so that's certainly presenting some, some challenges for a startup with the new financial environment. But nonetheless, there's, there's still plenty of opportunity to grow and, and, uh, and continue our trade um being a small company we rely a lot on interns and and young adults and uh really try and mentor and foster those relationships and uh, get those kids out to the job site as quick as possible Uh, you guys know i mean these are 24 26 30 month rodeos and it's and it's an endurance race so if you don't have youth on your team it's it's going to burn folks out Um, but uh that's that's what that's what we like to see ourselves doing and that's kind of our niche and and our vision and um it's it's been an exciting ride
2: well awesome so first of all congratulations on eight years that's that, that that's great That's am <laughs> so proud of man i mean really um, thank you. Put you, guys... you we
1: talked about this the other day doesn't that put you like the one percent of all businesses once you make like seven or eight years like that
2: no it's, it's it, no it's a big deal and um did you have any years that you remember that were maybe the most difficult and if you do why sure sure so the, that i
0: was clarifying so we are going in we are a three-year-old company but i was i was going into our eighth year right um but uh, the the last the last 12 months has certainly been challenging with the with the financial environment um i mean uh, you know rents rents blasted off in 2020 to, to about 25 percent uh you know increase now rents are subsiding a little bit it's it's a supply and demand that's going on in the market so that's that's certainly been a challenge for us um yeah we're Part of our business looks at light tech tax credit work and, and HUD finance work as well. So keeps a good mix of your third party developers. But uh, I would say this last year has been has been just as challenging uh, for a construction business as probably what you know two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine was for for businesses back then. Certainly. Wow.
1: So one of the reasons I want to bring you on here was you were talking about kind of the youth on your team and stuff is. We, we talked a couple of times, okay, one or twice, anyway, about your internship program you guys are doing yeah. and definitely want to come on and um, kind of talk about the construction industry, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle sneaking drinks over there, <laughs> so the construction industry and kind of how uh, it's all adapting to, you know, Gen Z and the next generation kind of coming up. So yeah. um, you want to give a, like, kind of a little bit of explanation of what you are doing with your internship program?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, the, the intern program is something near and dear to, to my heart, something I'm passionate about. Um, so I, as a small company, I mean, we bring in a handful of, of interns we have on staff now. Um, and, and really, it's to get them exposed to the business, you know, at least two or three years before they're ready to take a full time position. Um, so when they're ready for a full time position, they can be on a job site and be productive day one. Um, that, that's that's my goal. I tell them all the time exactly what we want to get you exposed to while you're here in a, in an internship type role but um, uh, again the the really the end game is is to make them successful on a job site for ten hours a day six five, six days a week uh, when they do come on full time with us so uh, so everything kind of guides to that. Uh, over the summer, we've done programs like uh, study the lean builder book. You know, we'll, we'll meet every Friday and go through a chapter and, and fake pull plan sessions. Um, we've done uh, job site visits and even to other general contractors will, you know, people I know will we'll go visit other job sites of different product types and different market segments uh, rather than what just we do on the multifamily front. Um, we'll do that. We also have what I call EOS, EOS University, uh, just small maybe quarterly segments of an hour lecture and then an hour of an application uh, type timeframe so they can learn core principles. For instance, um, pay applications. We'll go through what a documents do you use on pay applications? What's the theory behind the monthly draw? How is the monthly draw distributed to subs? Well, what are lien waivers do and how are they collected and what are they for? Um, and then we'll go and we'll practice progressing a pay app over one or two months, and they can kind of see the, the progressing and the documents required by banks to submit every month and, and how to prepare for those throughout the month. Um, so it's, it's really, and I, I've put together a whole checklist that, that I sit with each of the interns and, you know, every piece of the business from, you know, a, a punch list to a closeout. some point get exposed to that. So it's not new to you when you're on full time and, and you get out to the, to the job sites. So it's really about uh, an introduction at this point. Uh, I don't expect them to master any of the skills, but um, I, I want to make sure that they've seen, heard, touched, felt, kind of every piece of what we do as a as a young project engineer on a job site at least before they're they're out there full time with us. So
1: That's really good stuff because like most internship programs, they usually throw the intern on either walking off punch list. It depends where they show up in the project, right? Yeah. Uh, if they're a summer intern, they could just be there in the punch list, and they're just going to check the punch list items off. Or they're you know, just processing submittals or just pushing RFIs back and forth, and it's they learn one little piece of the overall puzzle. So, I mean, I love that you're getting them like exposure to everything and giving them a little bit of a deeper dive in everything, too. That's so awesome.
0: And, and it kind of varies by the intern, how much, you know, well, I always tell them, I'll give you as much as you want, much as you can, much as you can safely handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it depends. I've had interns that have been with us a couple months take on a payout, pro, a very complicated payout process and be very successful at it. Um, their, their biggest challenge, I kid you not, is picking up a, a telephone and calling somebody. It, it, is, <laughs> it, it is our biggest battle is to script out, you know, how to call a sub and look for a proposal on an upcoming project and do that repeatedly throughout the day. Uh, that, that's probably my number one time I spend the most the, the most time and energy on is 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 those is the, is what I'll call the, the softer skills of construction, right? We
1: can't just text the sub and ask for a proposal.
0: <laughs> Sometimes you can. That does work, <laughs> but usually only after you have some sort of first name relationship with them. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, so, so Evan, my first burning questions are where are you finding your people from? And then secondly, are, are you having any trouble attracting, attracting people to the trades and tracking them to, to construction? I mean, you yeah. know, what, what, what's it like out there right now for the younger generations? Are you, are you having trouble getting the interest? Sure. Great
0: question. So this is this is something that uh, I've spent a bunch of time studying, especially with, with the business. We anticipate, you know, growing, growing further staff year over year. Um, is we don't have a a robust young workforce coming at us. Um, Most of the data I'm seeing is that we have a declining workforce until something like 2046. We won't see a positive curve on more labor. Um, So the real challenge for any business, um, but specifically to construction, is how, how do you find and attract uh, you know, kids out of college or kids in college to take on a, a career in construction management. Um, so a lot, a lot of the stuff we do revolves around being a part of the construction management programs like at your local university, or, or maybe there's a community college with a construction tech program is, is somehow getting in with that, uh, attending, uh, I've attended numerous kind of, what I'll call Q and A sessions with the project manager, you know, just, just to meet college kids that have questions about the field and a career. Um, It's really getting out meeting them where they are in their school experience. Um, And then kind of following up in a digital process, I'll I'll develop a digital LinkedIn relationship with, with a lot of kids before an event or after an event. And, you know, they'll be looking for an internship and reach out, or we'll be ready to take another one on. And I kind of have, you know, somebody, somebody ready that I've developed at least, at least a preliminary relationship with somebody and that I know they're interested in a, in a role in construction management um, so it, it it is it is a lot of work it's it's, it's follow-up and in, in a digital presence and then participating in on-campus events is enrollment down in construction management uh programs in colleges or what i i don't know that i do uh-huh. know specifically with gen z which is the kids you know you're seeing come out of college now um although enrollment seems high there's actually less Gen Zers seeking an undergraduate degree than probably our generation, the millennials. Um, and, and you have to understand, there's also 30 percent less overall Gen Z's than millennials, just quantity wise, just, just talking wow. numbers. So it's Great. kind of less across the board. Um, so whereas maybe, you know, we had a glut of millennial workers, which is what I'll call our generation. Um, now, you know, if you take 30 percent of those, subtract them what's coming up next is just going to be maybe more competitive to attract your company or more competitive to attract to the industry in in and toll. You know, how, how do we get, you, you know, actually the industry that has it the worst is accounting from what I understand. <laughs> um, there's just no kids that wanna go into accounting. I don't blame them. Um, so, uh, <laughs> right? It's <laughs> not interesting, why would you? <laughs> At least we don't have that problem. <laughs>
1: I mean, as a construction manager, project manager, you got to do a fair bit of accounting. And that's like my probably least favorite part of my job. But
0: <laughs> We actually had an EOS University session with a friend of mine that's, that's a CPA. And he came in and, and did a lecture on, you know, basic balance sheet, uh, cash flow type equations and, and what does an accountant do? And and everybody looked at me afterwards. they goes, how does that guy do that all day? You know, <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm going, I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: lots of that probably yeah it's like i guess i mean it was i guess it was advertising for the madman the madman generation it's probably all advertising but i imagine every accountant's office in the 50s had their bourbon on the shelf or the whiskey in the shelf (laughs) like Mm -hmm. long days of staring at numbers you can imagine they didn't have excel like we did either (laughs) no true so, you were saying um, you guys are like, you get them ready for day one through your internship program. So, by day one, they can hit the ground running. What is, do you guys, I guess, two, two parts to this question is one, are you getting field experience of like how the build? I mean, you kind of talk about like kind of the project management side of stuff and how pay apps come together and all those sort of things, but are you getting like actual kind of, we'll call it like building science experience, like field engineering experience for one? And then two, what does day one look like for somebody coming out for you guys?
0: Yeah, great, great question. Um, certainly I'll have them. The The goal is to spend as much time we can be in the field and be productive. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to just write the reports. We don't want to pick up trash. Right. Uh, we don't want to sweep out the trailer. Um, uh, we, we do want to be productive. So if a mode on the job site is productive, we can get you involved in let's say a punch process. That's something you can plug and play pretty, pretty simply. Um, I can introduce you to, you know electronic submission of submittals on Procore. Or we might not have time to get through how to review the submittals, but we can get the workflow down and how to use the electronic software to our benefit and, and what does that do for us. Um, actually, the most time I'll want you just to interact with a subcontractor and understand those relationships on a job site as well. So if I can get a get an intern to you know assist with a field problem. In, in even a very minor way that gets them with, you know, the foreman of the plumbing company, electrical company to interact and see what their world is like. That's, that's something we want to get them exposed to. Um, so, and then to answer your question on, you know, day one, what does that look like? It's, it's either a full-time role, you know, either in a pre-con department or which I'll call an office engineer, or you're, you're out on site and we're expecting you to take a submittal log and, Collect and distribute through a workflow of those submittals. Um, so kind of uh, kind of day one is is a dive right in, take the principles you've learned from being with us in the office and on site, and communication with the trades, and and, and drive it home certainly. And, and we're we're here to help all along. There, there's always mentoring. There's there's always a lifeline uh, to reach out, um, and there's always going to be somebody to answer those questions. So it's not you know it's not we're leaving you alone day one it's it's you're with us it, but we're going to expect that 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 home run eventually to happen and master those skills.
1: I imagine much of you guys are investing in them as an intern. You guys are continuing that training, like after you know when they come on full time as a project engineer or an office engineer, continuing a similar sort of training program to kind of get them up to being a project manager and further.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and I'll and I'll look for them to take a skill they've mastered and teach somebody else, um, take, take, uh, we build a lot of scope abstracts with what we do. And, you know, we'll start with a very basic scope abstract and call the sub and run through the questions. And then, you know, once you've done two or three of those, you know, I'll call you the college level master, but go teach, go teach the new intern how to, how to do that as well. Um, it's not, you know, I, I always tell them it's, it's not rocket surgery, right? You don't have to have every answer all the time, but, Understand the process and be able to explain that that process and, and take that process two more steps farther than what you know. Certainly, that's,
1: that's yeah. great too because you don't really understand something until you try to explain it to some, somebody else. Like you may think you know it, and then if I had to explain it to you, I'm like, yeah. oh crap, I have to think about it again. And you <laughs> actually, you probably learn it better than what, just by having to explain it to somebody. Then they're probably getting out of it. So that's a yeah. reinforces that.
0: So uh, one one of the items we do see with with the Gen Z interns is. Unlike the um, the millennial, cl- the collaborative millennial, right? Um, we're seeing a lot more independent, silo, task-oriented kind of kind of kind of a person come through with the Gen Z. So, mm-hmm. and this is this is kind of across the board, not just construction, but um, uh, you will see them kind of work in their own space and be competitive in that space. But be less collaborative with the other interns. So for, forcing people to, to to move into a role where you, you are now teaching because that's what we're going to expect of project managers. They're going to be teaching the the interns, the project engineers, those those tasks eventually. Getting them into that role is is something uh, I start early. I, I think that role needs to be practiced. Um, I don't I don't know why that is different with disease, but uh, we're, we're definitely seeing. Kind of that independent mindset of me and my computer and, and my submittal list rather than
2: a collaborative effort with other people that interact with it um yeah so um when it comes to your like training and onboarding and stuff um do you get a lot of people that are um maybe trade specific or a specific discipline that they have a lot of knowledge in and if, if they do do you try to get like a more rounded approach and or do you kind of play to those strengths a little bit? I mean, what, what's your approach to that? Typically somebody has a little bit of a background somewhere, so. Yeah,
0: that's that's a great question. I mean, a lot of the, um, just a lot of our current interns didn't have any real experience, let alone construction experience, not even real work experience prior to yeah. um, coming with us. So uh, I would say that is is a challenge. Um, it, it, it it's probably, you know, we like to develop those, those good habits right away, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or Whereas if you do get, you know, a kid that maybe did work somewhere else, um, how that company did things will carry over, you know, is that good or bad for what we're doing? Kind of depends, uh, just depends on the situation and in, in, in the intern. But um, yeah, I, I think our goal would be to, to harness and create those habits in our system rather than have to correct or you know align other, other habits with with maybe how we like to see things done. Um, especially when it comes to treating clients, right? Uh, you know, your, your owner's reps on the job site and treating the subs, you can see a wide wide range of that in the field and how people are taught to do that. Um, but, you know, kind of seeing our model and following, that's what, what we want to see. I think that's the goal, yeah
1: you mentioned a couple of things. One that the next generation Gen Z doesn't like to pick up the phone and call anybody. And two, they're, they're <laughs> more, what'd you call it? Kind of more, uh, solo, uh, si- siloed. Yeah. Yeah, siloed. Yeah. I feel like an old man saying this, but like, from like, what are the things that we as the elder, I'm only 37, I'm not that old, but anyway, <laughs> 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 what can we do to help the next generation kind of, become more into the industry um, that's a really awful question how I, how I worded that but yeah. how can we help them you know, assimilate better into kind of the construction companies and kind of the the environment that the construction industry is
0: yeah yeah that's 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 a great question um, the
1: million dollar question
0: <laughs> yeah that that's kind of I, I think I think the lure of you know the creating something, is, is still attractive. I, I do see that. I, I see um, I see a very optimistic, the Gen Zs, are, are, they're, they're optimistic about what the future looks like and what, what the vision for their lives is. So I, I think if you can harness that power into what the vision of, you know, you're trying to do as a business and a team, um, I think that's where it meets, especially like you see a vision of, People that don't necessarily just want to be a part of a company, right? Like they're, they're. Uh, I think this varies from millennials because when we were young, we, we just wanted a job coming out of the Great Recession, right? We, we, we were, we're all just happy to have a job and, and get a paycheck. I think now you Especially see when you lot...
1: graduate in 2010, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. um I, I think now you see a lot that they want the the vision they want to own the vision so mm-hmm. the company isn't just a company that builds buildings and collects payouts it's it's a company that has a presence in creating the next generation of construction managers or um, they have a presence in uh, the wider kind of social network or being part of something bigger than just the company for instance one of our one of our clients is a nonprofit that provides housing for for, for low income or distressed and transitional, you know, how do, we, how do we take our vision to be a part of what they're doing? Uh, that's a little bit bigger than us. I think that's, it's important to always kind of, I don't want to call you're your selling that vision, but you're, you're kind of living and taking your business to be a part of that, that vision as well. So it's bigger than just, you know, EOS builders and the buildings we build and the teammates we have. That's, that's very limited. You have to kind of broaden the scope of what your business is trying to do. I think I think they're they're optimistic about a broader vision, and and it's probably because you know every kid can change the world every day is what we've what we've been taught in school, and and that's that's very true a true statement. But how how you perceive yourself in that world and and what you're doing day to day is, is where they need to they need to align. There has to be a bigger vision there than just I'm here to do this job and. You know, maybe occasionally get screamed at by a subcontractor, right? But there has to be a bigger vision behind that, or there's there's not much staying power in what you're doing, uh, I think.
1: I think so. I think a lot of industries are probably adopting. It may just be a generational shift too, right? Um, because as the boomers are getting older and retiring, kind of the millennials are taking more leadership roles, the Gen Zers are coming up. It seems like a lot of industries and a lot of, at least the big companies and stuff, they're kind of adopting a lot of those same type of, bigger purpose right it's not just all about you know dollars and cents and bottom line it's about what's the what's the vision what's the real purpose of the company and what are how can you contribute to that to to change the world so yeah it's kind of it's kind of cool to see
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, the reality is, too, I, I mean, um, even even our generation, there's podcasts popping up all the time now, and they, they have been for quite some time. So, I mean, everybody wants to make that impact. They want to yeah. make the industry better, make the world better. I mean, that's hell. That's why we're doing this, too. Right. So, I, you know, it's almost like it's just trickling down to the next generation, too. And maybe they're even going to the next level with it, which is great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, you'll see I, I think there's a big shift going on of. You know, this a good education doesn't have to come with a degree, it doesn't have to be part of a four year program. It doesn't have to be X school somewhere that I went away for four or five years for. I, I think part of a good education now is is literally what you guys are doing. Um, it's it's the YouTube. It's the peer to peer sharing. You know, maybe we'll call yourselves social influencers at some level. But it, it is true that people have broadened their horizons of where an education comes from. And, and who can teach these days, and where you're going to find that information. So, you know, even part of what you're doing is is part of that next generation, certainly. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's true. You can, I, I mean, I taught myself to be a project manager essentially off of like Google and YouTube because, yeah. like, I did so much engineering as my undergrad. And then I got into my first job, and they were like, Can you do a submittal? And I was like, I don't know what you just said. And how about an RFI? <laughs> I'm like, I don't, an RF what? Like, I don't, I don't know. And like, so. You start, you start throwing acronyms at you and these different definitions and like critical path schedule. Like, hold on, I'm going to go with my Google <laughs> real quick and figure out like, what does this mean? And, um, it's just, and that was a decade ago or longer, right? And yeah. so it's just, there's so much more information out there today. It's, it's true.
0: Well, <laughs> one of the things that, that, that does puzzle me about the Gen Zs is, although they're digital pioneers with the iPhones and the iPads and, you know, their MacBooks, when when a device driver needs updated, or they need to add a printer to their computer, mm-hmm. they're they're lost. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 like they've never seen that before. It's it's it, it's amazing. So if you have a a problem with a with software that needs updating, you know I'm. I'm running over to help or one of the older guys is helping the younger folks now because th- there's been no, ex- you know, everything's just worked on an iPhone or an iPad before there. There's no drivers to update, you know, there's no, there's no rollback. There's no scans to happen, but yeah, you know, <laughs> so that has, that has never like, I'm always like amazed, like really? You've never. You, okay. Driver. Like, do you know what that does? No.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious though. Cause you think about it, you just download an app and it just works. <laughs> you don't have to. I put in my <laughs> Apple
0: ID and it's supposed to work you know <laughs> yeah well
2: oh, hey I, I mean I totally get it basically the easier you make the process work the harder the problems become because you haven't gotten that background knowledge and yeah. that that foundation to understand why and how the things are actually working behind the scenes and so sure. when there's a problem you don't even know where to start right that's a good point yeah,
0: I mean that's that's one of the biggest challenges about teaching like like scheduling software. Right, you you can you can probably teach someone how to put in tasks and 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 start to start and starts to finish and come up. But what is what does that really mean? What, right. Can you find your critical path? Do you understand what that what that means uh, with a lag behind it? Do, do we know what float really really means when you are out in the field? So. You know, I, I've taken the approach that we're not even going to start with the software. We're, we're going to write this out on a piece of paper and understand the theory first. Because, um, you know, they'll pick up, they'll pick up a piece of software pretty quick, but not really understand yeah. what it's doing. Yeah, I sure. think.
1: You build a schedule and all your tasks are lined up and they have like 14, minus 14 days of float. And you're like, <laughs>
0: I don't know. Yeah, you have minus 14 days.
1: That's <laughs> <It looks> good. <laughs> well, the software no. said. It must be right. <laughs> So, yeah no you definitely have to understand the base it's the same reason like why when you're in elementary school you learn math by paper and pencil before you learn how to use a calculator right you have to understand Certainly. the basics before you- i hated it in college because we did surveying and we had to do surveying with like the you know 1800s era surveying tools right to learn the basics and that sort of stuff before like i see the total yeah. station in-, in the corners give me the total station but uh, we had to, like we had to do all- every step of the way um but you touched on something a second ago. I was want to ask you about, and this is a little bit different from the next generation. But um, actually, you know, doing this podcast and doing the newsletter and doing all the LinkedIn stuff, I do, I, I get, I get people messaging me all the time, asking me questions. And some guy asked me the other day. He's look, he's, he's probably about our age, um, but he's transitioning. He to transition to construction management from a different industry, right? Kind of having a career change. And he was like, "Man, do I need to have like a a four year degree in construction yeah. management or engineering or?" He's doing some sort of online program um, certificate through Coursera, through I forget sure. what the major university it was, some major university, Columbia or somebody like that. He put out a lot of content. And he's like, would well, that be good enough? And basically, my thought was like, man, one, you're going to have to start from ground zero, right? You're, you're going to have to start on, you know, project engineer probably take a pay cut from whatever you're doing down right. to that to start. Um, and two, I mean, really nothing beats field experience at this point, right? Like, he had a he probably had some four year degree in some other industry unrelated, but um, kind of what are your thoughts on that? Am I off base yeah. with that or?
0: No, that's, that's a that's a great question. I, I think the, the reintroduction of those uh, soft skills is is really missed. But if you can pick up and what I'll, what I'll call part of those soft skills is is getting out and getting yourself into an intern position with whatever you want to do and let that be your your education because i think that education mixed with the people you will meet while being exposed to that environment is what's going to be your next step Um, you're going to follow those people those people how you interact that's going to lead to your job in that field so you know my, my advice for that would be to skip out on that you know that cm masters program and or maybe make make that a piece of what you're doing but your primary objective should be to, to get a role in the, in the field and get around the people. Um that, that, would be my, my best advice. And, and I haven't tested that yet with like uh, something I've been working on is can you take, you know, a kid that's interested in construction out of high school that decides, you know, undergraduate degree is right for him. Can you make him successful in our business model through, through a, you know, Let's call it a three or four year apprenticeship program an internship program is, is that is that possible i, I think it is I, I really do i haven't i haven't tested it yet but um one day i will with the right with, you know we'll, we'll come across the right person for it um but i i, I think it's very possible i think it's very possible
2: well and, and evan i just gotta say i think that's that's some solid advice and especially because on my job say right now we're, we're having communication issues we're all adults. We've all been in the industry for 15, 20, 30 years, and we're still having communication issues. You can't start the exposure to other people soon enough. There, there, there is, there is, it's invaluable getting the practice, dealing with people, working through issues together as a team collaboratively. You can't start it soon enough, in my opinion. So yeah. just, just to, again, agree with you, Evan, that's some great advice. Yeah, no, I, one of the
0: things we do at the end of every summer with our summer program, is there's a capstone presentation and every internship program does this and it's it's sometimes about what did i do this summer you know Um, and it can be about that i don't i don't put a cap on the topic right but i say you can pick any topic because the topic's not not what's important at the end of the day it's it's important that you stand up and talk in front of people and and present yourself for 15 minutes Mm
2: -hmm. and you need
0: to do that you know like a hundred times before you can stand up in that contentious owners meeting and bring everybody to the table to solve those issues, right? So, and, and, and I see the slow growth presentation after presentation w- with some of the interns that they, they slowly get better. And, and like I tell them, every opportunity you have to stand up in front of people, do it. I, I, don't, I don't care if it's at the Thanksgiving dinner table with your extended, family. I don't care if it's in a class, whatever that the teacher calls on, somebody presents something, church, wherever, it, does, it doesn't matter, stand up and, and get comfortable looking people in the eye, presenting your ideas and, and taking and receiving feedback and solving problems. Cause in, that's, that's what a construction manager does at the end of the day. I mean, you're going to stand around a group of people with a, a potentially angry set of subcontractors at some points or, or an upset owner's rep and, and still have to convey information, and solve those problems. Um, so I, I think early and often don't ever stop and get in front of people as much as possible is what I, what I tell them. And they, they don't, it's not, not com- I know public speaking isn't comfortable, but particularly with, with the tech Gen Z generation, it is particularly uncomfortable for them. Um, it, I don't know if we can even compare them to our, I want to say we weren't that comfortable in our first donors meetings or our first presentations, but it's, it's definitely an added challenge for, for this generation, certainly. Yeah, yeah.
1: We had an internship or an intern with us on this project all summer. I was kind of his mentor, right? As we went through his internship and stuff. And at the end, we don't have a formal internship program. We're kind of building out that program. So I yeah. basically said, like, what do you want me to do with them? They're like, Whatever you think, right? I'm like, cool, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so we had a good time. I think he learned a lot. But at the end, like I wanted him to do a presentation like that. So we, we brought everybody into our office and I basically just said, just you want to do a final presentation? He's like, Yeah, sure. And that's basically all we talked about. And like, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, this thing could be, the dude killed it. He was awesome. He was, he did such a great job. Like I was like blown away by how how he did. It was awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I always tell him like, listen, in front of us, our team, you know, we, we, we love the heck out of you. Right. Like stump, stump, stumble, fall over, laugh at yourself. Now's the time to, to get comfortable doing that. We're not going to, we're not going to pounce on you. We're not, you know, we're going to, we're going to make fun of you some, right, for, for your mess ups but that's part of the game. But get the experience underway, however you get it. You know? Right. Certainly. Yeah. It's great.
1: So what are some of the other soft skills? You were mentioning, like, you really need to concentrate on building out those soft skills first and that sort of stuff. So, like, what are some other soft skills that you think um, the next generation coming in or maybe struggling with kind of in, in this industry?
0: Yeah. Um, I, I keep going back to the phone call. And the the I'll call it the cold call, even though we, we don't in, in our business, right? It is a cold call when you call a sub, you're looking for a proposal, but it's not yeah. really a cold, you know, you're you're not really selling, it, but you're selling them on the fact that this project and us as a general contractor are worthy of you to spend time putting together a proposal that will be taken yeah. seriously and it will lead to a potential job for you, right? So so you are you are selling at the end of the day. Um, so the and you deal with the same of subs i don't care what town you're in right you, you're gonna crop come across the same fire sprinkler guys and the same masons on every job you bid so get to know them. Yeah. hey matt what did you you know hey it's monday how was how was the football game friday you know did you have a chance to watch that follow up from your previous conversation if it's a friday and you're calling so hey well, matt what are you doing this weekend you know are you going fishing again this weekend or, or what are you going to work on that bid you know ha ha. right i'm just Create that rapport because when they see your name come up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they'll be they and they know your name. They'll answer that phone call rather than from the other general contractor that you know Steve the intern's bugging them twelve times a day. But but Steve you know stumble bumbles on the phone doesn't doesn't ever care who they are never asks them about their family. Yeah. So the, the more you can get across to people and, and they they know you care a little bit more than just you know send me your dang proposal now you know it's due today. It, I think goes, goes a heck of a long way. And that's, you know, they're always amazed. Well, they always answer for you, Evan. Right. Or they always text you back. I go, I know, but I've, I've put in the time, like I go have beers with the guy, you know, I, I know who he is. I, I've done a couple of projects with him. We we have a, a true relationship. You know, when I text him, he, he knows I'm asking something serious, right. Because he knows me and we've we've gone down that road. So um and and I've I've got one intern now that's taking it to a whole new level. I mean, he's got like like CIA level notes on every subcontractor, right? You know, okay, Steve. I know Steve was going fishing or he was playing golf. So on Monday, he's on the phone with him. How, how, were the fish biting? You know, whatever it is. <laughs> so um, the, the more they can do that and get out and meet those folks, uh, I'm never afraid to take the interns to my owner's meetings. I'll take them to the owner's office to deliver samples with submittals. Whatever they can do to see those interactions and that rapport, get them exposed to it as early as possible. Um, it, it pays huge dividends. They'll pick it up, um, and it'll
2: it'll become real for them and their experience. Certainly, yeah. That's right on. Yeah. That's great. Hey, I'm sure I'm really sorry, guys. I got to split another appointment here. So, All right. Great talking <laughs> you to you. leave it I was,
1: out. I had the perfect meme. I was about to send it to you. Should I make? Should I, I, make I knew seven? that's where I got to go. <laughs> should, should I change it up this week and make Evan explain the meme? Hey, even better. All right. All right. Since Kyle, you're bailing on us. Yeah. I understand.
2: Have fun. That's good Evan. talking to you, man. <laughs> <It's> good talking <laughs> to you, Kyle. Thanks. He's
0: He's gone.
1: So if you're, if you're willing, we usually play a game where I surprise Kyle with a meme, and he has to describe the meme for everybody who's listening to the podcast and not... Uh, watching the podcast okay Well so okay. here we go i'll let you play all right let's do it
0: so it's just just describe what's going on <laughs> <laughs> 10 years of work experience before the age 22 <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, this is this is the uh, this is this is where I want to take my internship program. You see, this is the future of your company. You gotta you gotta start really young. Get get them that exposure out the job <laughs> site here. Um, yeah, <laughs> this looks like my daughter's uh, kindergarten class uh, coming to one of her jobs. <laughs> That's what,
1: I got boys that are in kindergarten, and I want to bring them out at the job site. Uh, I mean, they've been out here when they were little, but they were too little to get around, and so yeah. you know, Anyway, they're a little older, but. I love it. So, so since Kyle had a bail, what it is, it's a picture of it's like a kindergarten class in oversized PPE made mm-hmm. for fat people like me. And they're walking around a job site and uh, I guess the foreman, a superintendent, a project manager, somebody, he's got a shiny hard hat. He must be the PM. Yeah. He says, but... When the job when jobs want you to have 10 years of work experience before the age of twenty-two. <laughs> and so Anyway, that's my favorite part of the podcast—is make Kyle do that every time. <laughs>
0: okay, that works out good. I like that. I like that. Hmm.
1: But so then it kind of goes with your thing, though. So instead of bringing in a high school kid to give them a, a four-year a, apprenticeship program, you can bring in you know ten-year-olds and give them. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll start. We'll start in middle school. Why not? You know. <laughs> Think about the level of experience they'll have when they graduate high school or college. You know, really it Would be, be amazing. It would
1: be amazing. I mean, that's kind of where I got my start was in high school. Um, during the summers, I worked for my dad doing, I mean, he did underground utilities, you know, uh, directional boring entrenching, and trenching and installing fiber optics and that sort of stuff. And um, so I spent the summers with him working. And really with that, man, was, I was digging, I had a shovel and I was digging potholes behind a kind of backhoe so we didn't hit any water lines yeah. or anything like that. And so that was kind of my first taste of it. And then I realized, like, I don't want to be running a shovel my whole life. So I went to college and, and tried to do something different, but. I think he, having that early experience is, I think, always good. Yeah.
0: Well, you, you certainly see that with uh, military recruitment, right? The, the mm-hmm. best military recruits are kids that grew up as military brats. And, I mean, they've they've been exposed to that military lifestyle and and, and what that means and how to interact. Um, and, and it's not, you know, it's just a transition for them. Right? It's, it's almost like a, like a natural transition because they've been exposed to it for so long, rather than, you know, some way that. never seen that experience never been part of it it's it's a different you know it's a different lifestyle um but yeah i mean that's you know a military brat is basically getting an internship in you know a military lifestyle certainly yeah i agree so what do you think some other companies can
1: do that i mean it's definitely what'd you say a minute ago it's 2046 until twenty forty six, and so we're going to get more people in the work. I don't even know where, how they even project that sort of thing. Right?
0: Yeah. Well, well I mean, what what you're seeing now is is clearly that the the boomers are retiring. Um, the the generation behind them probably you know are presidents and, and executives, right? Or Gen Gen X's, and that's a small generation as well. So the labor shortage we're seeing across the board, not just in construction. Um, it, it's going to be with us. Um, it's going to be. It, it's going to be here. It's not going to get better. You know, may, maybe the, the market will fluctuate with you know ups and downs. And, and in those downs, the market, the labor supply will, will will settle out. But you know, when the market's busy, it's it's going to be a constrained labor market across the board. It's just that's just going to be part of our next twenty years, unfortunately. Um, but how companies react to that, and how we recruit and, and create our yeah. vision, um, is is going to be is going to be the challenge. And and the companies that figure that out and recruit well and maintain those relationships will be very successful. And, and those that don't, unfortunately, will will probably struggle. Will probably struggle.
1: That's my thought on a lot of things. Is you know I think the in a free market like that, the ones who adapt to struggles, oh. you know, always will be the ones that you know excel and survive. And you always see these companies that build up and then they can't you know, survive the the change of the world and they collapse and then another company will come up and then they collapse. And so I think we're definitely going to see that. I think we're at a tipping point right now in the industry with, with a lot of things. And so some of the big dogs, some of the big players, they may, they don't continue to adapt. They may, you know, fall off. And
0: so. Well, and construction is going to compete with, I mean, you're seeing a lot of reshoring of industry and manufacturing, you know, back from Asia. Right. I mean, now, now, you're competing for that for that labor pool with industries that maybe 15 years ago, you know, we're all offshore, or, or maybe for the last you know 20 30 years we're all offshore, and now they're now they're back here and they're local, and and that labor pool's uh, going to be real competitive. Um, you the, see any? Oh, go ahead. Do you see any sort of innovations
1: or kind of technological changes that are going to help? Because obviously, I mean, if AI was perfect, you could have an AI project manager, right, running your project and have one less person you'd have or an AI project engineer running some middles, right? And um, do you see any sort of, I mean, that's maybe in 2046, maybe that's why we think we're going to be helped out. But um, do you see any sort of things like that coming down the pike that's going to help with the shortage?
0: You know, I've seen a couple ideas, but nothing that I've seen that that will help us really. Um, I've seen a couple AI powered, you know. Machines that hang and tape and finish drywall. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold on them. It, it didn't, it didn't look right to me. I can't imagine 20 of those running through one of our job sites, but maybe <laughs> I, I don't know um, that that is something I've, I've kind of tax tasks our younger folks with, Let, let's look at that. How can, how can that help our business model? Um, you know, if we understand what that AI is going to do to, to our market and our business, or are, are we going to lead the pack going forward? Is there anything there? You know, it may, there may be nothing there for us. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like there would be though. It, a lot of other industries, I mean, you're seeing medicine pick up on AI. Obviously anything tech and, and code related is, is going to be pick up and be heavy AI legal. Uh, I mean, you're hearing legal stuff is, is, is going to lean heavily on, on AI reports and, and data mining and, mm-hmm. um, but what what does that do for our industry? That that'd be a great topic for your next show. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'd have to I'd have to really dig into that one. Yeah, that's
1: cool. I I kind of went down a rabbit hole of AI uh, recently, of the sports right, and I, I thought like, man, it'd be really cool. And the guy was talking about it's like in like three or five years, every profession out there is going to have an AI sidekick. As yeah. like, attorneys have an AI sidekick that'll help them do whatever writing letters, or whatever it is. Right. I was like, man, how could construction managers have an AI sidekick? Yeah. And then I saw this thing. It was like, I think it was called like chat PDF where you can upload PDFs and ask it questions. I'm like, dude, if I could upload like contracts and spec drawings and specs or drawings and ask it questions, right? Like what is the requirement testing requirement for concrete and type it in there and it spit out the answer. Yeah. I, I tried that and it was absolute garbage. Like, uh, I, I first started with, like, give me all the testing requirements required for steel, and it just spit out garbage. And then I went all the way – like, I, it was on the front page, right? It says, like, the project owner is blank, right? It gave me the owner. And I said, who is the owner of this project? And it gave me some off-the-wall
0: question answer. And I'm like, <laughs>
1: this sucks. <laughs>
0: so. I, don't, I don't know. I, I I feel like where you're going with that is is something, you know, whoever does – duplicate their efforts with some sort of AI assistant will be, you know, more successful. Um, but what that looks like. Yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it is a pure just data mining of a spec book like, like what you're saying. Um, I'd hate to see it left there. I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of like, when you get a set of drawings through the door, you know, there's always that like, that checklist, right? Your civil checklist. Let, let's check out the sewer inverts with what's on the civil, what's on the plumbing. Like, can you turn that checklist stuff onto a set of drawings and, and let it be, can it be successful doing that? And um, I think that's, that's where it would take you know, I mean, almost like a clash detection level AI report. Um, can it do that? I, I don't, you know, I would think that's, that's something that, that we'll see, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question.
1: I thought about that, too, is like in one day, maybe not in the near future or in the far future. I mean, everyone's going to BIM modeling and 3D modeling and all that. It's like, are we going to do away with two dimensional drawings or is yeah. it going to be like, here's your BIM model, go build it. Right. Um, and bid off the BIM. Like, I don't know if we're going to get to that
0: stage. That'd be an interesting shift. Something I saw and it might have been a link from one of your articles, but was some sort of like AI powered progressing tool. I don't know if that was, I thought that was from one of your things I clicked on, but it, it I went to the website and I checked in on it and it was like, a, it sold itself as like a, a job site 3D camera that would create your production for you, like, and let you monitor in real time. And I was like, man, how does that, I don't know, it, I don't know, I head can't put that together, but it seems, it seems like if you figured it out, that would be very cool. Yeah. That may what, be the
1: Maybe that company dispersed where so they send out the 3D cameras, or so they'll come yeah. out and take 3D, 3D, 360-degree uh, cameras photos of your job site, and then they send it back and they upload it against the BIM model and see how it compares. Okay. And then they actually have a team of engineers and architects in some office somewhere um, that are that'll look at it too and look at it and compare it towards the specs and like throw red flags if, um, you know, say you're supposed to get ductwork up tight to your structure and you got a whole bunch of conduits right here and already installed and your ductwork's not there and they'll say hey you got a problem i don't know how you're missing your ductwork and i don't know how you're going to get it in there (laughs) you know so kind of that second set of like qa and um kind of intuitive steps um the idea is they're they're they got all that human input right now and they're trying to train the machine and so it's a a hybrid um with ai and human and i guess in the in the grant at the the end game is to slowly drop the humans off as the machine gets smarter and smarter and have it all yeah. machine led. Right. Um, so there's some people working on some really cool stuff out there.
0: Yeah. That, that, that is what I saw. And I, I was thinking, I'd, I'd love to see that on a, on a job. You know, I don't know if there's a job in Phoenix, that is, but I'd love to go by and kind of poke around and, and, and see if, see how it works and see what the result, uh, it's probably like a, like a beta mode right now. Right. But, um,
1: yeah, they do some stuff. They're based out of London. They've got a U.S. branch, um, but they're based out of the U.K., um, yeah. but they're, I think they're expanding more into the States. So. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting yeah.
0: stuff. Yeah, I, I could see AI-powered, you know, forklifts running around the job site, um, stuff like that. You know, like, like we in Phoenix, we have the Waymo, the self-driving cars that run around, kind of like a self-driving Uber. Oh, really? Um, but, yeah, you could have those on a job set. I wouldn't see why not. You know, maybe maybe, maybe putting, you know, blocks of brick, delivering them to the Mason's work, you know, from the storage site to where he's working. You know, that yeah. that would be a very easy application for something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. All kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: So you had, when we, you sent me a picture yesterday with a whole, like, two pages full of notes. Is there anything yeah. else on your notes that you want to put <laughs> on that we didn't get a chance to touch
0: on? Uh, something that I came across, and this is not my original idea, um, but but I've heard the comparison of Gen Gen Z to uh, to uh, to the millennials, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this I'm going to quote, this is Peter's eye hand. I don't know if you've you've come across his work, but he does a lot of studies in demographics and he has a recent book out that's a really interesting read. It's a lot, lot to do with what's going on with demographics and the change in the, the economy and the reshoring manufacturing. But but he said that the Gen Z, if you think about it, is 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 whereas. Uh, uh the millennials were like like Harry Potter right we were collaborative we with were, we, were, we were flying high around with our brooms and we with our buddies solving problems and, and 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 doing cool stuff the the gen Z is is more like the hunger games it's a it's a sur, it's a survival type scenario where you you want the best for yourself and you' and you' you're, you're not willing to collaborate with others to get that end result um and, and some of the some of the data that's out there, of of how the Gen Z is interacting, and mostly interacting with technology rather than being collaborative with other people is leading that way. So um, it will be interesting to see how the the Hunger Games plays out on our job sites. You know, <laughs> as if it wasn't Hunger Games enough on some of our project sites. You know,
1: hundred <laughs> percent. And that's what. Man, I wonder why that is. Really, I wonder. Is it you think it's due because it's this kind of the social media generation you think that's playing into anything of kind of like a lot of like, you know, influencer type stuff? And like, I, I want to be all about myself. Is there,
0: I don't even know. I, I think it has to do, I, I, this is my personal take on it. I, I think it has to do with um, their interaction with technology is, you know, is a, is a one person game, right? Um, even on a text message or a video call, you're not really interacting with another person in the flesh. Right. Um, so, you know, if things go south, you're, you know, you, you end that DM stream or you don't text back um, or, you, you know, you hit cancel on the video call or whatever it is. I, I think it's just part of that. I don't think it's much more. Um, I think it's just what's a learned behavior um, through, through probably their interactions with technology is what I see that's my take on
1: it but i mean you know wife talked about this because we have kindergartners and like just in our neighborhood i know there's kids all in our neighborhood but like you don't see them out playing you don't see them like you know riding their bikes around the neighborhood you don't see like i remember when i was a kid you knew where everybody in the neighborhood was because there would be a pile of bicycles in someone's front yard right and that's that's where all the kids are there in that house and like you just don't see that anymore
0: yeah i don't i don't know why that I don't know why that is. Uh, maybe maybe people are scared to go outside now, but uh, hopefully not. Hopefully it's just the heat, you know, here in Phoenix. You don't see many people outside in the summer, but, you know, come, come November, everybody will kind of emerge from their, their hibernation and, and be back. So yeah. um, ho- hopefully that's what that is. Yeah. Hopefully. Maybe it's
1: not a, a complete generational change. But. Right. I
0: know. I know.
1: Well, Evan, I appreciate you joining us, man.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me on.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, sorry Kyle had a bounce before. He he left you high and dry on the meme game, so
0: <laughs> No problem. We'll 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 do some research and we'll get back together on that AI podcast Certainly.
1: Yeah, definitely. It'd be it'd be a fun conversation, so you got it. Anyway, man. We'll talk to you later.
0: Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Evan.